Shalom Ubracha, we are up to Daf Memtes and Yuma. Yesterday, Rav Shesh has told us that there's no problem with the Kohen Gadol carrying the blood in his left hand. He learns that from the Kataris. The Kataris had no problem being in the left hand, so too the blood can be in the left hand. The Gemara over here in Memtes totally knocks it out. He says, Rav Shesh says, what are you talking about? We have a buffet with Shemishnah that says that a Zar, someone who's not a Kohen, or a Kohen who is an Oinein, he had a close relative that died and hasn't been buried yet. A kind that's drunk. A kind that is a balmum. Their apostle for doing the Kabbalah of the Dom, the carrying the, bl- the blood or sprinkling, sprinkling it. Likewise, if he sits while he does it or does it with his left hand, that avoida is possible. Totally slugs up Rafshashas. Kamar says, like, how did Rafshashas not know about this? Rafshashas himself had quoted this Mishnah. What was the story over there? If Sheshis wanted to ask Rav Chista a question, so he went over to the guy who gave over Rav Chista's share, and he said, do me a favor, ask Rav Sheshis, what happens if a Zor carries the blood? What's the law over there? Rav Chista came back with an answer. Turns out, it's kosher. No problem. In fact, he has a Pasuk that backs him up. Because uh, by the carbon Pesach, it says that they would shecht it. And then the Kahanim would sprinkle the blood from them, which sounds like it came from the Tsar's hand. The Tsar was holding the blood, and then the Kayan took it from him to sprinkles. You see, it's not a problem to have the Tsar involved. Rav Shesh has heard this from Rav Chista, he's like, whoa, Chista, I got a problem with that. And he quotes this Mishnah, which says that if a Tsar carries the blood, it's puzzle. And this same Mishnah says... That if you carry it with your left hand, it's puzzles. Why would Avshisha say that carrying it with your left hand is fine? He knew this Mishnah that said it's puzzle. The Gemara says, you're right, this story happened after they slugged him up. And they taught him this Mishnah that says it's puzzle. And now that he knew it, he said, wait, if it's puzzle, then how could Rav Chista be saying that a Zer can carry it? I know this Mishnah now. They used it to slug me up. And he used it to slug up Rav Chista. Now the Gemara says that's fine and dandy, but Rav Chista actually had a Pasuk backing him up from Karben Pesach that said that the Tsar was holding the blood. The Kayan took it from the Tsar, right? So it seems that Rav Chista is totally secure in saying that the Tsar can be involved. And the Gemara answers that he, the Tsar could be involved, but not in anything that is more active than a bench. He hands it to the Tsar to hold on to it, but the Tsar doesn't actually actively participate in the Avodah. Now we pull in one new question of Rav Papa, like we had yesterday, another Teku question. Spoiler alert. Rav Papa asks, what happens if the Kayan Gadol is ready to get his Kateris for the Avodah Nim Kippur? Right, so he has to get out a scoop that fills his two palms. Can we have another Kayan scoop out Kateris and put it into his hands? Or does he have to do it himself? What are the two Tzadim? Well, the Pasuk says, Malechaf Nav. It seems like his palms need to be full. Okay, his palms are full. Just, they were filled by another Kayan. But that Pasuk also says, Velakach Vehevi. He takes it and brings it. And over here, he didn't actually take it. And the Gemara says, yeah, it's a good question. We're, we're going we're gonna to wait for uh, Mashiach to answer that. So if Yeshua ben Levi comes in, uh, riding on this question and says, All right, the Kayan Gadol scooped it up. One Yom Kippur. He has a scoop of Kateris. And as he's heading in, he dies. So we're going to replace him. We have a, we have a backup Kayan Gadol. Don't worry about that. But does this new Kayan Gadol taking over for the Kayan Gadol that just passed away, can he use the pre-scooped Kateris? Or does he have to scoop out his own? 
Now, before we answer this, Rav Nina heard this question, and he commented, he's like, wow, Rav Shimon you're asking the question of the Rishonim. You're asking questions that were asked in earlier generations. That sounds like the Rishonim Levi was older than Rav Hanina. Rav Hanina turned to his Talmud and he said, look, I used to ask this question, and now I found out that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is even asking this question. But how's Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi older? We know that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi used to ask Rav Hanina questions. He asked him whether you're allowed to drink this chalayim drink on Shabbos. Now, you know you're not allowed to take medicine on Shabbos, but if it's derech achila, you're allowed to drink it. You're allowed to have chicken soup even though it's going to heal you. So what exactly was he asking? Uh, of course, you're allowed to have a drink, you're allowed to have pomegranate juice. Why would you not allowed to have chalayim? The question is whether you're allowed to grind it up. So that way, you're asking Rav Hanina whether you're allowed to grind something on Shabbos. If it's a danger, the person's really sick, you're allowed to grind up anything, of course. If it's not a sakana, then it's a thousand percent also to just do, do toichin. What Rav Yeshua was asking Rav Hanina was that it was a sakana. And yet, you're allowed to grind up any medicine. You could do whatever you need to take care of the sick person on Shabbos. The question was whether this chalayim potion is actually medicinal. Rav Hanino was a bucky in medicine. We have statements of him saying that he's never seen someone come to him with a kick from a mule, from a white mule, and survive it. It doesn't mean that they don't survive, it means that it doesn't heal. And although sometimes we do see it healing, that's because it wasn't actually a white mule. But the point is, you see, he's asking Rav Hanina questions. It seems like Rav Hanina was older. Elamai, Rav Hanina was older, and he was exclaiming to his Talmudim, Look, Rav Yeshua ben Levi is asking questions like I ask. He's taking on the last door's shilas. So Rav Hanina was asking whether the second backup coin is allowed to use the first coin Gadol's scoop after he died. How's that even a possibility? Rav Hanina holds... That you have to scoop out the Ketairis after shechting the Kohen Gadol's power. Now we have a second Kohen Gadol taking over now. He's going to have to shecht his own power, right? And this scoop of the Ketairis came before the Shechita is about to do. So what's the Havamina that he's able to use the old scoop? According to him, the Gemara answers, this second Kohen definitely has to take a new scoop of Ketairis after shechts his cow. But according to those that say that he's allowed to use old blood, the blood of the original Kohen Gadol's shechting, it doesn't need to be from his cow. Maybe that Shechita will hold that he could also use the first Kohen Gadol's scoop, which was taken before that Shechita was done. So how do we paskin? Her Papa says that this Shaila of whether he's allowed to use the old scoop, it's only a shayla if you hold that the Kohen Gadol doesn't do a new scooping, a second scoop in the Kodesh Kedashim. There's a machlek as whether the Kohen Gadol is going to put the Kateris back into his palm when he's in the Kodesh Kedashim. If he's going to do it then, then you have no problem because you could take the first Kohen Gadol's Kateris because you're going to be doing a Hanifa later. The only shayla is, according to the opinion that holds, that you're not going to be doing another Hanifa later. Rafuna says, If he does another scooping in the Kodesh Kedashim, you're going to have a problem. Because you can't have 
a scoop of kataras that's more or less than what your palms hold. And no two hands are the same. And the last kohen gadol scoop is either going to be more or less. So if he's going to be doing another chanifa, another scooping in the Kaddish Kaddashim, he's going to put it back into his palms. You're going to be over on having the wrong amount. So the whole shaila here, according to Rav Huna, is only when you're not going to do another scoop. Maybe I could use the first kohen gadol scoop. Because it's not going to be remeasured. So now the Gemara tries to answer the question. Can he actually use the first kind of Gadol scoop? Okay, we learn from the Mishnah that says, This was the measurement. That sounds like the same way you have a measurement being done before going into the Kedush Kedashim in the first scoop, he'll do another one inside, no? Gemara says, Maybe Kachoysamidasa is telling us that if he wants to actually measure it, he's allowed to. Or maybe it's telling me this is the measurement, don't do more or less. So the final answer comes from the description of what the Kohen Gadol did inside. He would go in there with his spoon. He would hold it with the tips of his fingers. Now he has to get from the spoon into back into the palms of his hands because Lamaizo, he is going to do another Hanifa. And it's a very, very, very hard thing. The Gemara says this is one of the hardest things done in the Avoida. Maybe not the hardest. There's also Kamitsa and Melika. He would do this procedure where by himself... He would flip over the spoon, either using the tips of his fingers to hold the ladle, to hold the spoon, or he would use his teeth to flip it over into his hands without dropping any katiris. Then once it was in his palms, he would either pile it up onto the katiris so that it would burn slowly. This way, the Mimi explains, it wouldn't shoot up smoke into his eyes. Or according to the second opinion, he would actually spread it out over the coal so that it would immediately fill smoke. As the Mimi explains, so that the Kohen Gadol shouldn't steer at the Kodesh Kedashim. But either way, you see from here that they would do a second Hanifa. The Kohen Gadol would put it back into his palms in the Kodesh Kedashim. The Gemara's next question is, when a Kohen Gadol would die, after he already shechted his power and he has the blood, can the replacing Kohen Gadol use the first Kohen Gadol's blood, or does he have to shecht his own cow? There's a Machlekes in Tanoim and the same Machlekes in Amiroim. Some say, yeah. Some say, make your own cow. The question is if it's considered a power after it was shechted. Rabbi Ami turns to Yitzchak Nafcha, saying, you're saying he could use the last Kohen Gadol's cow? You're saying it's a cow even after it's shechted? But by the Korban Pesach, you're only allowed to register up until you register into a Chabura of a Korban Pesach once it, uh, up until it's shechted. But once it's shechted, it's not a say anymore. But if it's still has a din of, a, of an animal after it's shechted, then you should be able to register all the way up until they're actually Zerik the dam of the Pesach. Rabbi Yitzchak says, well, hang on, that's different. Over there, there was a Pesach that says that you have to sign up onto a Pesach mehiyos miseh. That tells me that the seh needs to still be alive, but it still has a din of a seh after it's shechted. So Marzutra comes in and says, wait, you're telling me that an animal is still called an animal after it's shechted? You're not allowed to do a petah hamar onto anything but a seh. And you know what you're not allowed to do it on? You're not allowed to be poide your petah hamar onto a shechted seh. You see a shechted seh is no longer a seh. So to hear, the cow of the first kohen golo to a shechted is no longer a par. No, just because you're not allowed to use a shechted seh doesn't mean that it's not doesn't have a din of a seh. The only reason you're not allowed to use a shechted seh by Petach Hamo is because we learned seh, seh from Pesach. 
Now, we don't learn everything from Karben Pesach. It doesn't need to be Zohar. It doesn't need to be Tam. It doesn't need to be a year old, just like Karben Pesach, because it says Tifteh. Tifteh includes more than just Karben Pesach qualifications. It just doesn't include an, a shechted animal, because it does say Seh. So it's somewhat like Karben Pesach, in that it needs to be alive, but it's unlike Karben Pesach in other ways, because it does say Sifteh. So there's a balance. Some things, it's like Karben Pesach, in the way that it needs to be alive. It's unlike Karm Pesach in that it doesn't need to be male, it doesn't need to be Tom, it doesn't need to be one years old. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.